Hey guys, um, this episode is going to be a little bit different than what I've originally done. Uh, we're not going to have Eli sit in with me. Um, went to his house and ended up just taking a nap. I've been exhausted lately. Um, <clears throat> but what I want to go over a little bit is this whole Antichrist individual. And I'm going to be going over Daniel chapter 10 through chapter 12. Uh, said I've been seeing a little bit of similarities in between what Balaam saw in Numbers 24 with these ships from Kittim and going going up against Asher and Daniel seeing the same thing in chapter 11, verse 30. Um, but it's important that we look at, like, that we read the whole three chapters. Um, I'm not a big fan of the format, but... If we read all three chapters, it basically gives you the introduction, gives you the vision, and then it gives you explanation. And it's usually it's usually put in that way. Um, sometimes it could be blended a little bit. But if we know um, Balaam, or if we're going to suggest that Balaam is a witness to what Daniel is saying, um, first off, we know that Cain is when Balaam's speaking, he's talking about Cain basically being exiled to Asher. Asher taking Cain as a prisoner of war when he says, and Cain shall be burned up to when Asher takes you away captive. That's um, very, um, that's an exile language, kind of like being a prisoner of war. So a uh, war against Asher and uh, Cain or Canaanites as who I've been leaking that to, and I've been testing this against commentaries as well. And with Balaam saying that there's all this war in the Middle East, and we are seeing these ships of Kittim also in Daniel's vision, and also some war. Um, Daniel, he uses, uh, the words used for Daniel's visions is king of the south and king of the north. And at the very opening of this vision, it talks about the Medes and Greece. And we've already been given all these names, these kingdoms. We got Babylon, Medes and Persians, and Greece. And then we got uh, Constantine's kingdom dividing into ten. And then that would be Medes and Persians and Greece, but also Babylon. But Babylon isn't given a kingdom from not what I'm seeing, but there is some excuse me, there is a different language with Babylon being given the heart of a man to stand up on two feet. That's a little bit of a resurrection language is what I'm seeing. And if we've already identified the first beast as the king of Babylon and the killing of the two witnesses of Revelation. So we've got all this evidence and we're going to keep going with it. Um, we're going to pick up in Daniel I believe Balaam gives us the names of these. So, Balaam sees a war between Asher and Cain. In some form or fashion, he sees a war. Then, in chapter 11 of the book of Daniel, you see a war too. And there's a lot of flip-flopping back and forth. It's hard to keep up with whether or not it's talking about the king of the north or king of the south. <clears throat> but, you get to, let's see, it's Daniel chapter 11, 
verse 25 is basically where I would start off until he gets to a little bit more where John saw in Revelation, and I'm going to explain that when I get to that portion. Um, and he shall stir up his power and his heart against the king of the south with a great army and the king of the south shall wage war with, war with an exceedingly great and mighty army but he shall not stand for a plot shall be devised against him so the king of the south is going to try to do something and it's going to blow up in his face but we're still seeing this king of the north in a higher like sense of authority where he's basically winning so um Keep reading, and then in 28, it says, He shall return to his land with great wealth, but his heart shall be set against the holy covenant, and he shall work with his will and return to his own land. Now, if this is a progressive story, this covenant at this time would be the commandments of Noah, is what it would be. This is after the dragon devours the child giving birth, the thing that Balaam saw with the star being born out of Israel, the thing that Jacob said was Shiloh, that we've linked to Ephraim, and like I'll like I said, it all started with the prophet Elijah, but then how many episodes was the second seal? It started with the prophet Elijah, part one, and just kept going. And I don't even think I'm done with it. I just had to stray away from it because it started giving me anxiety. But at this point, we've got Balaam, John, and Jacob supporting Shiloh. We've got Balaam. Daniel and John supporting what would be the king in the north and Balaam's king of Asher and John's false prophet, the second horn like a lamb speaking like a dragon. So at this part where he shall return is only of great wealth, but his heart shall be set against the holy covenant. This will be the part where John comes in with revelation. So these witnesses are starting to stack up. And this is chapter 11 of Daniel, verse 28. Um, At the time appointed, he shall return and come into the south. But it shall not be this time as it was before. For ships of Kittim shall come against them, and he shall be afraid and withdraw. And turn back and be enraged and take action against the Holy Covenant. And he shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. That was 28 through 29 and 30. So we're starting to see Balaam come in with the ships of Kittim into Daniel. And then now he's about to take action and pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. So I said in prior episodes, we got three individual people. This theology talks about you got your fools, your wise, and your wicked. Uh, and this isn't me being an asshole. This is just me. Um, sharing what what I feel it says. Uh, a fool says in his heart there is no God, so a fool would be an atheist. Um, a wise person fears God. That's several times in the Bible. If you are ever bored and you just want to go and Google, just type something along those lines and Google it as a Bible verse, and you'll see that you know, like it, it starts off from Proverbs. Proverbs, the whole book is is fairly good, um, as far as when it talks about wisdom. Um, but there we got wicked, and the wicked, if if a fool doesn't believe in God, and a wise person fears God, a wicked person would believe in God but doesn't fear Him, and this usually comes from trying to control your own idea of what would or would not 
be okay with God. And that's when it comes to the language of, you know, our relationship with God being synonymous with marriage. And, you know, most relationships, you're pretty much told what the other person is okay with. And in this sense, if we are going to say that our relationship with God is synonymous with marriage, then we have to ask, well, is flirting cheating? Because that's the language that we've been, or if you've been listening since the very beginning, this is all goes back to Constantine's uh, man-made doctrine being brought into the theology causing an infraction against the covenant. So these people that Daniel chapter 11 verse 30 says about the ships of Kittim, he shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. This will be your wicked people. And this is where John, I believe, picks up, especially in the third seal. Because if we're linking the first seal to the white rider, given a crown during the star dates of the first living creature that announced them. And Shiloh, a second seal, not yet happening, or not yet happened, who will be given the great sword, the word of God given by the Holy Spirit, linking that to the commandments of Noah later found in Revelation as the correction. Then we got the third seal. The third seal would obviously be another test after the correction. And we see that that black rider, if we know our parables, that black rider, there's no truth in him. There's no light. He's given a set of scales. Now, the book of Daniel is very helpful from what I've been wondering about them. Said that set of skills given to that black rider because he has told a riddle from the, the voice from the midst of the uh, four living creatures. We know the four living creatures in the midst of the four living creatures. There's a throne in the middle. That's uh, Revelation chapter four, if I remember correctly. So that would be God telling this black rider that there's no truth in him. This is Antichrist, a riddle. And it does have a set of scales. And if we're looking at Daniel 11, verse 30, it shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant, and that being the commandments of Noah. That set of scales would be, I believe, to weigh their hearts, I feel, because in the book of Daniel, there's this vision of a handwriting on the wall. And it's a very similar language of being having your heart weighed out. And if you pay attention to what the third seal it says, I know it's in Greek. I do, for the love of God, I don't understand what that riddle means. But because there is scales involved in the third seal, and the oil and the wine are told not to be harmed. And the oil and the wine, that's the symbol. Wine is a symbol of the blood of the covenant. It's, it's poetry. That's all it is, is I feel like. And then the oil is a symbol of anointments. That's how it's always been. I don't feel like it would be any different. So he, this third, third seal, this black rider, Daniel 11, verse 30. Pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. I feel like this is a judgment against those while not harming those who are have their oil but at the same time this is a progressed event if we keep reading in daniel 
it says, uh, let's see, same Daniel 11, verse 33. The wise among the people which will make many understand, though for some they shall stumble and be so stumble by sword and flame, by captivity and plunder. When they stumble, they shall receive little help, and many shall join them. Selves to them with flattery, and some of the wise shall stumble, so that they may be refined, purified, and made white until the time of the end, for it still waits the appointed time. That whole refining language. Um, I believe the Messiah says it. It talks about refining as silver. And if you were to do a little bit of study on that, or even ask somebody... When you're going to refine silver, what you do is you basically, you cast it in a furnace until you can see your reflection in it. And when you see your reflection in it, that's how you know it's perfectly refined. So when it talks about this stumbling language, that's that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a humbling, saying you'll stumble and you will be refined. It's, it's saying you will be humbled and you know, when, we, when we're given all these examples of how people are humbled, it can either be in a good way or it can be in a bad way. It's out of our control. That's why it's humbling. But many joining them to flattery. You got people joining themselves to the wise people for flattery and that goes a little bit into that episode I did earlier that I feel like I didn't really do that good of a job in I wasn't prepared I was losing my voice kind of get my voice back but in that uh, parable about sowing the seed it talks about the seed landing in the thorns and being choked up and I said that's a little bit about negative peer pressure and when you have somebody that joins you just for flattery that could also be a form of negative peer pressure. Um, let's see. Who to prosper to the nation is complete. And all this happens after the, uh, after the whole crucifixion of Shiloh. But there's a lot of language in here. Time and end, king of the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush upon him like a whirlwind. There's a lot of war in here. That's uh, verse 40 in Daniel 11. I recommend reading all three chapters. And if you can't tell, what I'm doing is I'm basically going through little by little, breaking it down and seeing the connection by reading them all as witnesses. And what I am stuck on, blesses is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. That's verse 12 of chapter 12. But verse, or but chapter 10, 11, and 12, they all go hand in hand. And there is um, Edom and Moab in the main part of the Ebonite shall be de delivered out of his hands. Um, this whole, all these visions are very interesting to me and I haven't had time to go into it but I did want to share the connection that I'm seeing with Balaam and Daniel and even John because there's a little bit of third seal language in the 
verse 28 of chapter 11 of Daniel. In verse 32 of da uh, 11, 11 of Daniel. Um, there's a lot to this. There's a lot to this. And, you know, when I started doing this study about, you know, the correction that Malachi chapter 4 talks about, the prophet Elijah coming before the great day, um, I didn't expect it to be this much studying I feel like I don't know like we're finding out about Shiloh and I've been looking at uh, Jewish commentaries for Shiloh and I've said that I've seen a little bit of similarity between Shiloh and the Antichrist and that is strictly from changing times and laws um, times and laws is one of the biggest, biggest things that I've seen Christians bring out when talking about Latter-day prophecies or even studying any part of the New Testament, whether they're studying uh, Paul's letters when he talks about that kind of stuff. And even Daniel, in Daniel chapter uh, 12, when it talks about the people waking up that were in the, that were in the earth. Um, sleep, uh, many of those who sleep in dusty earth shall awake. That's Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. You know, Paul, he gives similar language there. So, I mean, even Paul and Daniel are witnesses to each other. Um, but I feel like when it comes to talking about as Antichrist, if we've already gotten this far and are trying to link it to Greece, it's kind of hard to also explain how I feel he's also the king of Asher. Because now I'm saying he's the king of Greece and the king of Asher. But at the same time, <clears throat> territories, the line of the, t the boundaries change. But I'm seeing him being the king of Greece and also an Assyrian and him being Assyrian would complement first beast worship as when you study all these Mesopotamian theologies they're, they're all blended there's a lot of confusion um, a lot of the stories are pretty much the same but with just different details. And then you gotta you gotta argue the dates because the dates don't add up neither, so there's not really too much to really say about all of them theologies, but if we got Isaiah, Jeremiah, and John for a king of Babylon worship.
and we got Balaam, Daniel, and John for this king in the north having ships from Kittim going against them because he's also Asher and also going out there to pay attention to those who forsake the holy covenant but not attacking those with oil and wine as the third seal puts it <clears throat> I'm having a hard time giving giving this my attention because I'm always tired but I'm seeing I'm seeing too much similarities there to just ignore it at the same time so that's what I want to try to do I wanted to um, go a little bit more into the similarities that I see with Shiloh and the Antichrist, but at the same time, the more I study this, the more I have a, I'm starting to have a hard time actually talk about it because I'm starting to not see it. But at the same time, I am still aware of what I've been taught growing up as far as changing times and laws and all that. But I've also found out that I was wrong about all of that because I was raised in it. So. Um, hopefully, next weekend, uh, episode will be a little bit different. Uh, me and Eli will be back together, and we can actually sit down and talk. This episode was short, um, but I do recommend, um, if you're going to read the whole Daniel, that vision does start off with chapter 10 of Daniel, and it goes all the way through chapter 12. And even in uh, verse 4 of chapter 12, it says, uh, Daniel still at the words until the time of the end, man shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. That goes to what I've said in an earlier episode where Daniel, Revelation, and Enoch were all found inside the Dead Sea Scrolls within like a 10 year window, like 1946, 1958, inside of uh, Dead Sea Caves. So there's. I feel like there's this third wall trying to be broke too, so I'm trying to wrap my head around that. It's honestly it's too much for one person if I want to be honest, but it is what it is. So I'm just gonna go ahead and close this episode off and I will be going Honestly don't know what I'm gonna be going over next uh next time. But hopefully I'll be with Eli and be doing a new one next Saturday. Later. Mm -hmm.